Hello and welcome to the Talking Food with Bitsuit podcast. I'm Callie Ip and I am the guest host for this episode where we're talking about healthy and sustainable eating in universities. Later in this episode, we're going to be joined by Rob Smith, who is University of Bristol's senior head chef. This is a subject that is particularly close to his heart since he's been working so hard to transform University of Bristol's menu offering to increase its sustainability and providing healthier eating options. We will also be joined by Julie Oust and Heather Dolan. Julie is our Head of Sustainability here at Bidfood and Heather is our Nutrition Manager. They've both got years of experience in their respective areas of expertise, so we're in great hands. We're now joined by Rob, Julie and Heather. I'll start things off with Rob. Welcome to the podcast for the first time, Rob. Thank you very much for having me. Rob, please could you introduce yourself to the audience and share with them a bit about your background, particularly in reference to university catering? So I'm Rob Smith. I'm the senior head chef at Bristol University. I've been at the university for 20 years now. I've been in the industry for nearly 40 years. Had a change of remit back in 2018 uh, into my new current role where I took on more of the sustainability, more of the in-house training, healthy diets and that along with that. There has been a substantial increase in from the student body regarding our sustainability ethos and policy. Our previous vice chancellor uh, announced a climate emergency with us trying to be carbon net zero by 2030. Just at the tail end of 2019, on the back of that, as a catering department, we set up our own sustainability action plan so we could track where we are, where we want to be and how we're going to get there. That's really interesting to hear. And it really lines up with our most recent research on the Gen Z demographic. So we found that Gen Z's view on foods that they choose and brands that they eat from almost a cultural and political choice, especially after the pandemic, this group are putting a bigger focus on what they're putting in their bodies. Have you found this to be true, Rob? Yes, definitely. Back 10 years ago, vegan and vegetarian was minimal in our catered halls. Now we're seeing increased numbers of that. We opened a food court back in May of 2021. 72% of the menu there is plant-based. We were, did some work on the halls menu, on the feedback we received from our student union. We removed all ruminant meats from the cafes, but the halls ruminant meat has dropped from around 40% uh, of the menu down to now currently only 6% of the menu. And we've changed the way we make dishes. So our original lasagna would have been sort of 80% beef. Now it's down to a 30% beef and we're using lentils and mushrooms and other forms to not impact on the nutritional value, but change the carbon impact of it because the student body in Bristol are very carbon aware. So now we we, we track all our in-house products and their carbon mapping. That's great. Thanks for sharing that with us, Rob. Welcome back to the podcast. Rob and I are now joined by Julie, the Head of Sustainability at Bidfood. Welcome to the podcast and thanks for joining us, Julie. Hi, Kelly. Thank you. So to start things off, Julie, please could you share with us a little bit about your experience in the industry as well as a little bit about your role? So I've been working for Bidfood for 10 years and four of those have been spent in a dedicated sustainability role. Sustainability is 
been a genuine interest of mine for as long as I can remember, really. So I feel like a round peg in a round hole. So I drive the sustainability agenda at Bid Food and we work hard as part of a small team to support our customers, uh, suppliers and employees with information as to how we're doing in this area. We're always trying to raise the bar. And alongside this role, I'm studying for MSc in sustainability. My main reason for mentioning that is that the science behind sustainable diets, etc., is constantly evolving as we learn more about how all of the different factors kind of interrelate with each other. So it's really important for me to stay well informed and updated so that I can advise customers correctly. So good to be on this podcast. So if I take you back to this episode subject, healthier and more sustainable eating in universities, what would you say that students are looking for in terms of sustainability and food on campus? Well, so sustainability, a big key factor for us is local suppliers. The students are very engaged with local suppliers. Currently, we sit at 53% of my suppliers are within the 30-mile radius. My plan is over the next two years, we're working on the frameworks, is to get that up to at least 60%. We're also looking at closed loop systems. We have several farms that we didn't know we could get produce from. So we're looking at all the honey being produced at one of our farms coming back into the catering department. We have a veterinary school that's just 14 miles south of our main campus that produced 6,000 litres of milk a day. So myself, my head of catering and the farm manager are now working on a proposal for the university to build us a processing plant, they can then produce all the milk that comes onto campus every single day. As a department, I spend £60,000 a year on milk, roughly. As a university, we spend around £290,000 of milk. So that will, it will just do a close up. We can advertise it as our Langford milk, but they can also make me butter, cheese and yogurt. So it's again about closing our loops. And it's also about plastics. So all our cafes are now plastic-free zones. That seems to be a big key factor for students. And we're just about to start a trial in one of the catered halls where we're going away from the the normal type of team film to a more sustainable one and see how we get on with that. It's about reducing our impact on the on the environment as well. So we've just last year we switched out all our vehicles that we use as a department into electric vehicles. And as I said earlier, we're carbon mapping all of our food now. And Julie, do you think this is a common theme amongst this age group, this focus on sustainability? Well, the mainstream narrative is certainly that younger people care more about the environment. And this was definitely borne out in our employee survey we did recently, because the younger the demographic, the higher the bar for what good looks like in terms of us being environmentally conscious. And I certainly think young people are far more aware of a sense of kind of personal responsibility when it comes to the environment. And that's reflected in the growth of kind of veganism and vegetarianism. And I suppose the last point I'd make on this as well is when we're recruiting young people, they certainly seem to have a greater expectation that businesses will be behaving responsibly and be operating with a greater sense of purpose alongside profit. Welcome back. A common goal for universities is reducing food miles. So consolidating deliveries to one supplier and reducing delivery drops is often the solution. Julie, could you tell us the benefit from doing this? So, yeah, I mean, reducing the number of deliveries is often a kind of overlooked angle of driving down emissions. But, yeah, it absolutely makes sense that if you can have your 
chilled, frozen and ambient goods all on the same lorry, then you are automatically reducing the number of deliveries that you're having. So it's a kind of a no brainer, really, when it comes to transport emissions. Rob, I know that this is something that University of Bristol do. How has that changed things for you? Uh, so literally at the beginning of this year, we retended for our chilled, frozen and grocery and working with your national account manager and my regional account manager, I get more of a rebate back, which is great for me. I have uh, 18 units that take deliveries from bid food alone. So we've consolidated that down and I've reduced the daily deliveries instead of Monday to Friday, we now have three most places get three a week. Some of the cafes only need two a week. And it's it's given me drop discount improvement. It's given me rebate improvement. And we've also, I've worked very closely with both things, account managers, Sharon Moore and Donna Kibbe, on sourcing other products that I was using other suppliers for. And instead of two lorries coming in to deliver it, um, I'm trying to reduce more like a one-stop shop really for me and we've tried to get away from using disposables as much as possible but I'm used now using bid food for my disposables some equipment and it's just it is literally turning into my one-stop shop and it's great that I've reduced quite significantly the amount of lorries coming onto campus each week because we're we're not a campus university we're quite widespread throughout the city of Bristol it could be several lorries coming from our Chepstow branch to deliver to as I, to any of our locations, I've got the cater tools one side. I've got my retail outlet more central, and I've got my vet school fourteen miles down the road. So, yeah, anything we can do with any of our suppliers to reduce deliveries has been a good thing for us. So, you mentioned that you've made a lot of your menu vegan and vegetarian. Could you tell us more about why you've chosen to do that? Um, that was again down to feedback from our student union body on the surveys that they've conducted over the last couple of years with the student body. When I first started at the university, I was working in one of our K to tools feeding 440 students there. I probably had three vegetarians and vegan was unheard of. Now we're seeing and we've seen over the last few years a marked increase in student diets requesting vegan and vegetarian food. Back in the day, we used to do evening meals. We offer three options, uh, and it was always two meat and one vegetarian. Now we tend to go a meat or fish, a vegan and a vegetarian. We don't like to call them meat-free days because students in residence don't like that. So we call them plant-forward days now, and that's gone down better. But what we do on the side of that, the three main options may be all plant-based, but on the side, we do what we introduce as a flavour station. So we may do a plaster bar with three different uh, vegan and vegetarian sauces. On the side, there may be some smoked pancetta or some diced shredded bacon. They can enhance the meal, lots of different cheeses to put on there. And we found that's gone down really well. But again, it was all pretty much led from the student union surveys that fed back into us. I guess sustainability isn't just about eating less red meat and plant-based foods. It's also about reducing impact on the environment in general with many small changes that can add up. So with things like the plastic ban coming into effect in October, Julie, what can universities do to become more sustainable? Other than kind of reducing the meat content, which we've already discussed, I think managing waste more effectively is really important. If you've got, for example, compostable 
single use items, just man making sure that you've got the what right waste stream. I think there's been quite a lot of greenwashing recently in terms of producing kind of you know compostable items, but not not providing a way in which people can actually compost them. And then in the end, they either contaminate recycling or end up in landfill. So I think managing your waste correctly, and if you can have dedicated food waste bins, then that's all the better. So managing waste is one thing. And then secondly, I think one of them is about driving a culture where it's the norm to care about this stuff. So for example, some places have kind of offered a discount if people ask for coffee in a reusable cup and they've seen that there isn't much of a kind of shift in behaviour. But if you position the norm as buying coffee in a reusable cup and then having a small penalty for having a single-use cup, people are far more responsive to kind of penal being penalised than actually being discounted, even though the actual price hasn't changed. It's just the kind of headline price that you advertise. So I think norming messages about, you know, this is how we do things around here, and, and and creating messages like, I don't know, 86% of people successfully use the right bin or something saying this is the culture around here. I think people really like to feel that they are kind of in the in the mainstream, as it were. So just the messaging around campus and creating that kind of green culture, if you like, I think that can be really, really persuasive. Might just touch on what Julie was just saying. So... Last academic year, what we did was gave everybody a 20 pence discount if they bought their own cup. This year, we're introducing a 20 pence levy as an additional charge if you need one of our disposable cups. We are about to launch two of our cafes as completely disposable free. Our Langford one, and we, we've just opened a new dental school, and that one will be completely disposable free. But we will have keep cups on sale there if people do forget their cups. And as for the food waste that Julie mentioned, we track all our food waste. So we started recording our student plate waste. And this year we're thinking about how I can improve on that. Plate waste is a quite a big issue. Eyes bigger than the belly being the, the key factor there. I produce a monthly report for sustainability, my head of catering and a couple of other people. But now we're going to get it out to the wider audience in the student union and perhaps say, you know, if this hall has the biggest reduction, we'll, we'll throw something for them, an ice cream party or something along those lines to celebrate, to try and bring the students more in line and more aware and build on the awareness we already have regarding food wastage. Yeah, the eyes bigger than the belly issue is definitely something that I need to think about as well. Thank you for sharing some of the brilliant insight into what your university is doing to become more sustainable. No problem. So now we're going to dive into healthier eating in universities. Welcome back. Heather Dolan, who's our nutrition manager, is now here to join us. Could you tell us a little bit about what you do? So I'm a registered associate nutritionist with a number of years experience in the food service industry. And I joined Bid Food about six months ago as nutrition manager. My role at Bid Food involves driving our nutrition strategy and providing advice and support to the business and our customers. What do you think universities can do to provide healthier food for their students? Portion size is a big one, both from a health and sustainability perspective, like we've already spoken about with reducing food waste. We can think about the calorie content of a meal as a guide. 
But I think students are more mindful of what they're consuming nowadays and they understand that it's more than just calories. So also thinking about the nutrient content of the meal, making sure that meals contain a source of healthier fats, for example, unsaturated cooking oils like rapeseed or olive oil, oily fish, limiting saturated fat, sugar and salt where possible, but making sure to replace with herbs, spices, garlic, fruits so that flavor isn't lacking. And finally, thinking about what you can add in to make meals and menus more diverse. So are you using a variety of whole grain carbohydrates, different fruits and vegetables, and plant-based proteins? That's great advice, Heather. To give us an idea of how this trend is coming through in universities, Rob, what have you seen in terms of student eating habits? We've seen an increase in sports at Bristol over the last few years, rugby being a big part of our demographic here. So they want healthier food. Part of what Heather said, we have reduced our portion sizes on desserts. We've also played around with the recipes, thinking about how to reduce um, our sugar. Part of my initial sustainability action plan was to reduce sugar by 10%. So what we've done is, is looked at ways we can sweeten dishes, but not using sugar. So dates are a big factor in a lot of our desserts now. We do a lot more with bananas because of their natural sweetness. And as I said, we're looking to farm our own honey um, and use that as more natural sweetener across a lot of our recipes. We're introducing more and more whole grains. We're doing a larger selection of more seasonal veg and moving away from the frozen veg as one of the offerings. And again, playing with flavours to if we were reducing something out, we're playing along with like the seasoning and the garlics and things like that to help maintain a flavorful dish, but also not impacting on the health benefits of it. We're really lucky at Bristol. Alongside me, one of my colleagues is Alex Sin, who is our food development chef, who has a phenomenal knowledge of micronutrients, macronutrients. And he leads our team of chefs in developing our menus along those lines. All of that sounds great. I think awareness is the first step in making menus healthier. So it is good to know how much sugar and salt is in the food that you're serving and trying to reduce it where possible, just like Rob is. In terms of nutrition information, bid food customers can access this in a couple of different ways. So it's on product packaging, it's within our advice center nutrition reports and on bid food direct. And the My Recipes tool is really handy. You can create recipes and see nutrition information per portion. Sugar is definitely a really hot topic at the moment. Just to give a bit of background, the type we want to reduce are called free sugars. And the recommendation is to have no more than 30 grams a day. So free sugars are sugars that have been added to the food, like you'd find in biscuits and fizzy drinks, as well as sugars that are naturally present in honey, syrups like maple syrup, and unsweetened fruit and vegetable juices and smoothies. And although some of these sugars come from natural sources, they still count as free sugars. However, sugars in milk and dairy foods, as well as fruit and vegetables, are still intact, as in they haven't been blended or broken down. So these don't count as free sugars. This is because the sugar is still present within the cells of the food. So they have less of an effect on our blood sugar levels. Whole fruits and vegetables also contain water and fiber, 
and all that good stuff. So we don't need to worry about the sugars in these foods or reduce them. So fresh and dried fruit are a great way to sweeten up dishes, just like Rob's doing with dates. Just be aware of those portion sizes and be aware that blending or breaking them down will turn them into free sugars. I guess on the surface, the idea of healthier foods can seem restricting and potentially quite boring, but that's really not the case. Healthy eating also means eating all types of food. Is that right, Heather? Yeah, absolutely. A healthy, balanced diet is all about eating a really wide variety of foods in the right proportions. So like I was talking about earlier, you want to make sure you're getting healthy fats and protein and carbohydrates, fiber, vitamins and minerals. But it's definitely not about being perfect and doesn't have to be restrictive. I think when people hear the word healthy, they often associate it with cutting out all the foods that they love and feeling deprived but that's definitely not the case and that wouldn't be sustainable anyway would it no definitely not no and Rob how are you making healthy foods exciting at University of Bristol our development chef Alex is always looking for new and innovative ways of creating dishes we've the plant forward Days are solely built around being as healthy as possible. And it's something we're striving to increase as we go on. As I said, we, Alex and I, are out and about, not just on campus, but we visit other universities. Alex is also part of the Chefs Forum, working closely with King's College London and a few other universities. Again, we're open to any ideas and and suggestions that we can improve upon to improve our healthy options going forward. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be able to support you with that, whether it's our development chefs or Heather here or Julie. We just did a session. I sent six of my chef team down to your slide depot to work with Craig Miles, your development chef, on, on some new recipes They all came back thoroughly infused and had a great day down there with the team there. And we'll be doing that every year as well. So we'll send different ones down each year. Craig and his team there are so supportive and great. We've got some pop-ups planned. Well, Craig will come out and do some pop-ups in the catered halls with us as well. We'll have more sustainable, healthy ilk to the menus. Again, the support we get from Bid Food has been phenomenal. That's great to hear, Rob. And it seems like there's lots of ways you can bring healthy and sustainable eating into universities. So before I wrap things up, Rob, I just wanted to say thank you for joining us on this podcast episode and sharing your fantastic insight and knowledge. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And thanks, Julie, for joining us. Thank you, Kelly. And also thank you to Heather as well. Thanks, Kelly. If you're looking to implement more healthy and sustainable principles into your university menus, we've created Menus of the Future, and this is our hub to help you easily bring health and sustainability into the conversation and onto your menu. On there, you can find everything from recipe inspiration to top tips from our nutritionists and sustainability experts, as well as more sustainable grab-and-go takeaway options. You'll be able to find all of this information and more on how we can help support your university in this episode's summary notes. If you've enjoyed this episode, please make sure you follow our series on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts and make sure you're the first to hear about our latest episodes. Thank you all so much and thanks for listening and goodbye.